Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. As always, I'm your host, Tyler. And I'm your technically proficient and yet somehow incompetent co-host, Till. If you're new to the show, Rolling with Disadvantage is our podcast where we argue, debate, and scream into the void Just update already! about various aspects of D&D 5th Edition. Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD Podcast. Uh, we're updating a, a, a Windows 10 computer. Fudge a monkey. Yeah, I don't... I fucking hate updates. Fucking hate it. I think they should have to give you a disclaimer like, this is going to take 10 hours. Dude, the, my I have a technical... What's it called where you hate a thing? Pet peeve. I have a technical pet peeve. When a loading bar is at 100% and it's not done, mm-hmm. that should not be possible. Mm-hmm. If something hits 100%, it should immediately vanish. It's rounding You're up. Done. It's at 99.9%. I don't, I don't like it. I, I hate it. Round down. Do not show me 100% until you're done. I want Be done. Be done. It drives me insane. 100%. You're just sitting, you're staring at it. Staring at There's it. There's a, uh, a principle in, uh, I think it's quantum physics, whereby staring at something actually prevents it from changing. Uh, you're close. I forget what it's called, but it's that the mere observation of something changes the result. I think we're thinking of different things. Well, we're not quantum physicists. No. That'd or be my, that'd be my are brother. We? So, um, we could be. But yeah, I'm I'm fairly certain that the principle is that something that is being observed cannot change. No, that's the opposite. Is that the act of observing something changes it? No, no, you're thinking of a psychological study. No, no, it's a quantum physics thing. I'm just if you look it up, I'm gonna go ahead right now. Go ahead. We have nothing but time. Give it. No one's listening to us for our actual razzle, opinion. dazzle quantum mechanics observation observer effect observer effect in physics the observer effect is the theory that simply observing a situation or phenomenon necessarily changes that phenomenon period what do you are you googling what you're thinking of yeah <laughs> i mean mine mine's right there it's the wikipedia which is the most flawless source in the world he's googling it can I pull a topic while you're Googling? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Got a couple in here. Oh, we got to refill this. This is low. It's running low. Got to add some shit. Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> Macro campaign versus micro campaign. Yeah. Full world versus focus on a city or town. Absolutely. So you you wrote this. Yes. What do you mean? For the DM, world building or playing? Uh, this is more of a DM-centric question. Yes. But I just mean, in general, like when is a macro campaign good? When is a micro campaign good? Are there certain uh, party builds where maybe a micro campaign is better? Are there certain player types that a macro campaign or a micro campaign might be better for? What is the situation when you might want to focus on one over the other? Well, I definitely feel like the micro campaign thing... So. I wrote in the thing, meaning full world versus focus on a city. Micro campaign for your player is you got a, you have a mission from the tavern or from the bulletin board. You're sticking to the region. You're killing small things. Your focus is saving the local, not the global. You're not worried about the end of the world. Yeah. You're focused on, oh, well, I got to get this, this vendor's stuff back from the goblins that raided the caravan, mm-hmm. right? It's local. Macro campaign, again, from a player perspective, would be this threat threatens everyone. Yeah. We have to travel different planes. We have to travel to the deal corners with, of the world deal with kings, and beyond. 
we have to summon armies. Big picture. Yes. Yes. So even even more than that, from what I was thinking in general, it's just like a micro campaign is very centralized, very focused. Like maybe the entire thing takes place in a single city. Yes. That that's you're gonna learn all the people there. You're gonna learn all the ins, the outs, and what have yous. Whereas a macro campaign, you're gonna travel to you know every city on the continent. You're gonna go cross the cross the known world and meet kings and emperors and all right. these fun things. That's that's what I was thinking of. And you know when is it a good thing to have just a campaign that maybe runs five levels and takes place in the same city? And when's it a good time to have level one to twenty macro? Well, a big part of it is if your DM is prepared to enable you to travel the globe okay, effectively. Mm -hmm. Now, is your world a globe? That's up to you. Flat Earth. The um, pyramid shaped, quite quite fun. Ooh, octahedron. Ah, yes. Yes, double pyramid. Ah, ooh, ah, very nice. ooh, ooh yes. Ah, yes. Ah, uh, a D eight. If you're a if you're a DM, a dodecahedron, and you have and you've maybe drawn out one region, and your players like, I want to go past that. It could be stressful. Mm -hmm. It'd be very stressful. Like, mm -hmm. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> you know, I'm in the fortunate circumstances where I'm building this world. Like this, this is the world we're in for all the campaigns in the in the foreseeable future like this is the world different parts of it fine sure but different like, times different times decades centuries whatever but this is the world you know this the people in it might change but the general layout is the same the uh micro campaign is much more manageable mm -hmm. where it's like you start in the tavern yep start in prison you start in prison pre-made campaigns are typically micro campaigns you showed up to this place because somebody asked you to go here. You landed on this island because yeah. there's a death curse. What's exactly. It, it was like some Tomb of annihilation. Yeah, with some disease or something. Oh, yeah. I think it's just called the death curse. Yeah, right. You landed on this island. That's it. This is the island. This is your world. Yep. It's a pretty big island, though. Yeah. But it's still micro compared to you're not going to be traveling to the Nine Hells. No. You're not going to be going to the Elemental Plains. You're not even going to Australia at this you're point. Not even, you're not even going to This Eberron. whole thing takes place in New Zealand, and you're not even going to make it to Australia. Yeah. You know, Peter Jackson and his hobbits, they're there, but you are here. Yeah. So, the obviously, the merits of that are it's manageable. Yes. That, and, I think that's the biggest thing. Yes. For a DM, the creation aspect is much more limited, and I think that could give a real richness to a campaign. You know, you take the time to develop, you know, what? what's the deal with this bartender? What's the deal with bartenders? Yeah, what, what's the deal with the guy that's always in the bar? You know, maybe he's actually somebody instead of just Nobody. flavor. Yeah, so you have to fill out a lot more details mm -hmm. in a big world. Yes. Um, or at least broad strokes. Yes, big you world, know, big details. What is this region? Is this a desert? Is this a jungle? Is this, is this elves? Is this dwarves? Is this giants? Is this whatever? Is there a portal to hell here? Mm -hmm. Yes, there is, as a matter of fact. Um, so the micro campaign, very manageable for new DMs especially, yes. right? Mm -hmm. Now, a thing, it's a, it's a creation strategy for a lot of DMs to go one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Some will start like, well, my adventure is going to start here in the town of Hamlet, which was the town in the, in the Temple of Elemental Leaf campaigns. And my players will expand out from there in time, so I will expand out from there. Or some DMs like they draw out the map of the country first, and then they go, okay, this town, this town, this town, this river, this road, this wood, this is here. Like they, you do the whole thing first, and then work your way in general to specific, mm -hmm. as opposed to the sort of, you know, key poses of the animation of your world. Okay, I kind of do the latter. 
Whereas I like I like drawing maps. Like huge fan. Mm-hmm. And that's how I even get to know what a city is. I draw the map of the city and then I'm like, okay, now I know. Now I know who lives here. Now I know what belongs here. Mm-hmm. If I had to start with like one tavern or my way out, I'd probably drive me insane. That would be terrifying. <laughs> like, well. But when you're drawing a world map, do you start with one city and work your way out? Or do you start with the world and kind of, this is where the city is and then I'm going to make the city? I, for the world map you guys are now, I just, I drew the world map and sort of dotted where things would be. Mm-hmm. Like this is a city. this is a capital. This is a tiny town. This is where like I did those things logistically. Like oh, this is on a coast or this is on a river, so that makes sense. This is near desert. Blah blah blah. blah. Like things that made sense, mm-hmm. and then sort of went from there. Actually, the the campaign you started. What did we start? We like did a part of Out of the Underdark, and yeah. then yeah. So so uh, you had picked up um, somebody else was uh, DMing the. Uh, Ooh, what's the underdark one out of the underdark out of the abyss out of the abyss, out of the abyss. Out of the abyss. Yes. thank you and uh we had just gotten to the part where uh two-headed giants were destroying the city and we, <laughs> we just the fuck dealt with that and we're like no oh, no fuck this and so but at that point you had said guys i have an idea i'm going to dm and and of course everyone's like oh yeah cool uh and so it was just the just the three of us in the, mm-hmm. in the party and you're like okay uh you find these dwarves uh you're not in the underdark anymore let's there's have some a, stairs let's have a campaign there's some stairs and you yeah. guys left the underdark yeah and actually that started with the town of bellows which was just right yes. there yep there was drugs there was dwarves there was stuff yep um and they're like oh there's some orcs on them hills or whatever it was you gotta go kill them yeah and that started with this is just bellows like that's all it was mm-hmm. it's like oh they're in the mountains and i like oh they're in the mountains and i expanded i just, just started expanding from there as this big picture place and as you know my strategy lately is to kill us no enslave us for drawing um us islands or territory shapes is to pour a beer into a cup and the foam bubbles yes make fantastic shapes. yes you're you're a uh you're like a, a tea leaf reader but with beer i bubbles. look like a crazy person in bars i will take my phone out and i'll hold it over my beer and i'll take pictures of the foam because like that's that's an island mm-hmm. that's a shape mm-hmm. that's a country whatever that is and they're they're super they're great they're organic they're interesting so that's where I actually draw inspiration from that a lot I probably have a bunch of pictures on my phone of random <laughs> of beer, beer foam, foam. yeah because every continent you guys are playing on currently is inspired by almost a direct copy of a beer foam I, I'm pattern. familiar with some of them yes yes some places you haven't gone yet but I find like taking inspiration from other shapes because maps maps kind of the world typically follows a structural pattern of. Mm-hmm. This is a fault line. This is where mountains are. This is where a river would be. This is where oceans are. You know, like, things make sense unless your world has got obviously specific things yeah. going on. Yeah. So it's important that you have a you have your structure, whatever that structure is. So is there? So obviously we, we do macro campaigns. We, do. we very rarely would ever do a micro campaign. Would you say a micro campaign is more condensed into maybe two or three sessions? Not necessarily a full campaign. Like, is it um, maybe an expanded one shot? Like, uh, what well, what they used to do those limited uh movie t- like TV movies where it's like a six part mini mini series. Six part mini series. Yeah, I would say that a micro campaign could exist on a larger scale, and not a, not in a traditional sense. Is that each chunk of it is a sep- is like a chapter in a micro campaign? Okay, that you're so your... like six micro campaigns make one macro campaign. Exactly, you know. Lord of the Rings. Let's just use Lord of the Rings. 
Hobbiton. Mm-hmm. Escape from Hobbiton. Mm-hmm. That's a micro campaign. Okay. Um, uh, uh, Rivendell and the forming and the other fellowship. Sort of like a pseudo micro campaign. The, the, the more you would consider that a macro campaign in general, because I I don't see that as my, I see that as parts of a macro campaign. So far, each of these is part of a micro campaign until you split off. Because then, like the mines of Moria, that whole chunk going through the mountains, entering the mines, dealing with the shit, Gandalf dies. Spoiler alert. That's the- yeah, but. Isn't that just all one macro campaign? It's not, I don't see that as micro campaign at all. I see them as chunks. I, I, I honestly, like, micro campaign, in my opinion, is different characters. If it was different characters each time, yeah, absolutely. Like, if if a group of adventurers that wasn't Gandalf and crew went to the Mines of Moria and just did the Mines of Moria, that's a micro okay, campaign. Hear me Frodo is on a macro campaign. Everybody else are on micro campaigns. Frodo and Gandalf are on a macro campaign on their own separate macro campaign yeah they spend very little time together but strangely they are on a macro campaign now especially gandalf gandalf 100 percent is on a macro yes campaign. dude big dude, picture thinking next level. sees it frodo for a big chunk of it is like i just want to get rid of this like i don't want it. and then he sort of picks up the quest and he's on his thing but then the, the, the breaking of the fellowship it's my burden mary and pippin they're on their own micro campaign yeah aragorn legolas so Gimli. a macro campaign turned into a micro campaign yes Yes, that's a better, that's a more accurate statement. Is it okay. splintered because everybody's missions became different? It became save Mary and Pippin. It became survive so and get the ends it's, going. It's actually kind of what we're doing right now in our campaign. Yeah, where sort of. Yeah, where we've split off into a a micro campaign. It's gonna come. Sense. It's gonna come full circle. Yeah, <laughs> into a macro campaign because I mean, it does. It comes back around. Everybody gets back to the big picture of okay, the ends are taking down the the Tower of Saruman. The March of the ends, so good. So good. So good. Um. The, the the fight for Helm's Deep yeah. that at the starts as a micro campaign, but then you take the Riders of Rohan, you take them, they, you go to Gondor, they, they save Gondor, like yeah. that's a big thing. It's a huge Lord of the Rings nerding out moment just now. Yes. I want to rewatch those movies. Yeah. God damn, those yeah, are good. We, movies. I'm sure we've got half a day somewhere. Oh, we did. I did a I did a, a viewing party of all of those once. A yeah. long time ago. Yeah, it was stupid. That was a mistake. Well, of course, it's like nine hours minimum. Unless it, you do no, extend- it, I think it's twelve. If you, if do you the include extended editions, it's twelve hours. Yeah, that's stupid. I mean, why wouldn't you do the extended editions? Because like the extended edition Return of the King is a long fucking yeah. movie, and the ending is so long. And why? And why do you do it? To suffer for Frodo. The ending of we're getting way off on this own thing, but I feel like Lord of the Rings is a great example of micro versus macro because it starts off small, starts off very small for Frodo. It's big. Got the ring. I need to take the ring to um, the Prancing Pony. Mm-hmm. And then I need to take it to Rivendell. And I'll be done with it. Yep. I'll be done with it. Yep. And then it just keeps fucking getting out of control and turns into this big thing. Okay. You Imagine your players are, hey, player A, I've got this magical trinket. I just need you to, you know, take it to this wizard. He'll cleanse it and a treasure. It's for you. Take it to the wizard. Which is like, bro, you're cursed. Now you got this big so thing. So wouldn't you say it's more of a quest in a macro campaign? Not necessarily a micro campaign turned into a macro campaign. From a player's like, pers- like maybe you don't know it at first. Yes, from a player's perspective, it would appear as a micro campaign. Okay, so and that's the other thing. There's a barrier between the DM and the player. The players don't know the scale of what they're doing. Yeah, I can see that. So, is there a certain party type or just general person general that is better? For a micro campaign or a macro campaign. I can tell you what works best. What circumstance requires a micro campaign. Go. 
Evil Party. Yeah. Evil Party requires a micro campaign. You definitely can't have a evil macro. It's if just, you ha- you know, if you have just, a straight evil macro, that requires an incredibly specific set of people. Yes. Because they will. I'm not talking murder hobos. Murder hobos is its own separate thing. I'm talking an evil party. Yeah. Of I get what you're saying. We are going to fucking torture, kill, burn down everything. We're evil. We're going to rule the world. We're going to rule the world. We are evil. Evil world domination. If you want a macro campaign for evil people who are bent on world domination, that is an incredibly challenging, very specific thing. Because at what point are you not just throwing good heroes at them, killing them all the time? Because that's what it requires. Yeah. Because you don't care. Because your selfishness enables you to do whatever you need to do so okay so heroic parties are macro campaigns correct because you understand i'm going to throw this phrase out there to trigger you the greater good yeah (laughs) Ah! Yeah. (laughs) but no um so would you say that uh uh, somebody like um a casual player like the person in the other room over here or people like that are better suited for just a micro, Fair just like maybe like two or three sessions a year. Yes, absolutely. Micro campaign is great for starting out. It's great for people who only want to play a couple times, because um, it's a it's a, it's exactly what it is. It's putting your foot in the water. So what's the limit? What's the limit on a micro campaign? Well, I just saw on Twitter that. The soft level cap, meaning where most people kind of terminate their campaigns. Level 10. Level 10. I've said that many times. And that that kind of summarizes where a micro campaign, like a, a at the very edge of your micro campaign would be level 10. So a long pre-mate. Yeah. Something like uh, like Tomb Annihilation. And then, you know, Strahd, people like people finish the mission or they get tired of those characters. The DM's like, oh, kill me. And you kind of just start over. Or you roll into something else. So I feel like I would, I would go out of limb here and say that most campaigns don't quite ever hit that macro break level. into the macro campaign unless they start there unless they start there unless your players start at level four or whatever you're like you guys are you're in it yeah you're fucking in it this is dedication that's what i was that's the point i think that i would like to drive home here at the end a macro campaign requires such dedication from a group of people yeah because you are in this for two years easy yeah you know minimum a year and a half if you're playing like every week but if you're not playing every week, it's going to take you a year and a half, two years, Because big problems more. requires big time commitment. Absolutely. Right? It's yeah. not just like the world's going to end, you got to go save it, and that you don't just teleport there and save it. Yeah. There's a build Going up. from level three to level 20 is no small task. How level are you guys now? 15? 15. How long were we on that campaign? Uh, it was September of 2017. Yeah. So that's... Yeah, we'll be at 17 two months. I'm predicting we're going to be at two years by the end and of it. And we start at level three. Yeah. Uh, we okay. I gotta wrap that campaign up. What's, I, what's next? Well, the dream. <laughs> you, so, I, to summarize, to summarize for players, if you're if you're new to this great thing called D and D, where anything is possible, welcome. start small. Welcome. Start small. Start small. Both, I think, in your in a player, don't unless you really really like are into it. I would start small as a player. Don't like plan on being a grand hero because you have no idea what your DM yeah. intends for. Yeah. And you might change your mind. And for a DM... Plan three sessions. Again, plan four if sessions. this is the first time doing it, do that. But yeah. if you once you get into it, fine. Go crazy. Go yeah. wild. Build a world. After a while, you, like you won't even need to try. Like no. You'll just come up with shit on the fly and it'll be great. Yeah, right now, I have a, I have vague ideas of what's in the other parts of the world you guys haven't gone to. 
I don't know, I haven't written it down. I just know. Yeah. Because I know the world. Yeah. And that's part of it. Just once you know your your place. Then luckily we don't have any buddy with any kind of arcane ability to transport us far distances. So No, you don't. You made friends. Well, you're not really friends. You gotta make friends with them. So that makes it easier for you because we're fairly limited where we can go. Okay. All right, let's take five. Yep. And we'll be right. Welcome back to the show. Welcome Sorry, that, back. Was a little, that might have been a little loud. I apologize for that. I am still getting the hang of the audio thing 25 episodes in. Welcome back. Well, welcome back, Cotter theme song. I don't actually know that. Oh, that was a classic from the 70s. I've been thinking about this lately. When I was a child, I enjoyed things of a child. Just kidding, I didn't. I was forced to enjoy things of someone older than me. Because my brother was a dick. You were a child? I wanted to watch Blue's Clues. But I couldn't because my sibling would tell me that's for babies. I was a baby, mind you. <laughs> like I, was, I, was a, I was a baby. I wanted to watch Blue's Clues. I wasn't allowed. My exposure to D&D was the same thing. I don't even know if I like, mentally was ready for it. I was like, here, you're going to fucking do this when you're 10. Mm-hmm. Guess I'm doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Guess I'm playing D&D. Do it. And here we are. Do it. Here we are. Do it. You know, almost 20 years later. Doing it. Oh, my God. I'm gonna do this the rest of my life. Yeah, probably. Fucking kill me. What else are you gonna do? Kill myself. Well, there you go. That's the rest of your life then. <laughs> I saw you ever see that that meme? It's um it's really sad to think that half of all marriages end in divorce until you realize the other half end in death. <laughs> 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 like, oh, fuck. You're right. <laughs> I, I suppose there's two ways out of that yeah, one. Yeah, right? I go, shit. It's like, oh well, either you quit D D or you die. You e- wait. You, is it you either you either die a DM die, or live die. long enough to see yourself become the PC? <laughs> <laughs> that's you. That's you. That's, that's your me. situation. I'm a forever DM. Unfortunately, I want to do. I want to play plot again. My sorcerer, my dark magic halfling sorcerer. Yeah, just get, talk to Justin. Well, good. When we originally started the idea of based that, on Randall Thor, you know, him doing that, it was going to be once a month, like the last Saturday of every month. Yeah, good luck getting that. I'm pretty sure most of us could do it, except for. A couple that would probably be very against it. Yeah, well, whatever. Okay, all right, second topic of so the that's day. That's the problem. That's why you can't be a <sighs> PC, because you don't want to commit to the time, man. What time? Once a month. That's not... I just hate humans, okay? That's my <laughs> thing. I like our D&D schedule. I like it. I feel like it's perfect. Okay. It pays really well. It gives me time to... We do... For the for the listeners, we do for our campaign bi-weekly, it's like four hours. It's six it's approximately six to ten. Yes. Sometimes it's three and a half, sometimes it's four and a half, whatever. Yes. Bi weekly, six to ten. Love it. Cause you, you get through a dungeon or you get through a major fight and a conclusion. Whatever. You get through a essentially a chapter. And then I have effectively two weeks to be like I fucked up everything up. <laughs> Fix it all again. And then I run a session every Monday from 7 to 11. Yeah, fine. I don't give a shit what you do. I like what we do. Wait, I'm I'm stating a fact. I know. I'm talking about our campaign. I think this is perfect. Uh-huh. If you're happy, that's what matters. Yeah. If somebody else was DMing, would you play more? If you came here. Mm. <laughs> My house. <laughs> Part of it is, like, I don't know how much you work on your campaign, 
I put a lot of work into my campaign mm-hmm. and I want to make sure that I have the stuff ready mm-hmm. except for the like couple sessions where I have nothing ready whatsoever, which is fantastic. Yep. I have no idea what your workflow is like. Mm-hmm. I just started using Evernote. You Have like you tried it? this? It, I actually kind of do. I'm going to pull so you can see what the format looks I like. I honestly, I'm I'm very old school. I still write pretty much everything. I gave up on that a long time ago. I used to write it out, print it out, all that shit. I don't print anything. I just write it and just take a notebook with me and just go from there. So I started using, this is not an advertisement, by the way. They don't pay us. But you can break down, no pays us. like you can break down into notebooks. So I have like, this is the session, uh-huh. this is the city, this is the city within the notebook. These are the NPCs, this is the locations, like that shit. Uh-huh. And I actually kind of dig it. Important PC stats, which I did have to fill in. Okay. I actually kind of dig this. If you're happy, I'm happy. What if I'm not happy? Are you not happy? No. <laughs> we got to figure something out, man. Oh, thanks. You're having, you're having troubles. I'm not having any troubles. I like it. Depression is serious, man. You got to get that. I am mildly depressed. You got to get that figured out. There's a, it's the, it's the Beck depression standard. I think it's the Beck. And it's a test you can take. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, no, it's administered to you and you have a score. And I am, I am just under like depressed according to my score. So you're normal. Okay. No, I'm mildly depressed. Not depressed. I'm mildly depressed. Yeah, you're normal. Yeah. Part it's all these questions like, you know, do you do you like care about people as much as you used to? Do you go out as much as you like those kind of questions? I'm like, no, I don't want to fucking go out there. Sounds like a no, I don't care about people. Whatever. <laughs> Let's pull a topic now. I mean, it's too late now. <laughs> before, before people stop listening. No, I'm sorry. Uh yes. Is it the one we skipped? No. What is it? Which one do you skip? The other one. What's that it- one? How to overcome the Matt Mercer? No, that's the one we skipped last time. We did? Yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, I pulled it out and I said, "Can we just not talk about this?" Okay, we're talking about it now. The Matt Mercer effect. What is the Matt Mercer effect? For those of you who are not familiar with a one Matthew Mercer, he is a uh, voice actor and the DM for the show Critical Role. I would say best known as the Rexar voice in the Hearthstone games. Uh, he and his uh, wife Marisha do all of the uh, voice work for D and D Beyond. So anytime you hear somebody say ASMR. No fucking way. Yeah, Are one, you serial I'm right 100% now? 100% serious. Hold on. We're going to go find a monster. Just random. Can uh, I just, can you, I get, can I, there just, should be a button on here like Wikipedia. You just pull random monster. It's You got to find one that has, <gasps> a th- good. No. Oh my God. What a good gig. Yeah. You just get to read fake words. Yeah. I, I tisk. There you go. Subtitles for this episode to tisk. <laughs> so, uh, Matthew Mercer, though, uh, is, uh, again, best, probably best known nowadays for his work with Chris Roll. As Daddy DM. As Daddy DM. Yeah. Like, he has be. And, and I just want to point out, for those of you who didn't watch Critical Role from its inception to modern times. I introduced you to Critical Role, you by did. the way. Yeah. You did. And uh, I surpassed you in every way on Fuck it. Okay, you did. Um... <laughs> But nonetheless, uh, he has become so ingrained in D&D culture mm-hmm. that he does work with Wizards of the Coast on so many things. So many things for Wizards of the Coast. He's like best friends with Chris Perkins. You know, they just hang out all the time. Chris Perkins is the creative lead for D&D. Um, not anymore. Did he move up or something? Uh, I thought he moved. Whatever, go on. Is Mike Merles the new creative lead? Go on. Anyway. Somehow this guy who used to just 
Biadia, much like our friend here, Tyler, or myself, would just create such a vivid world with such vivid characters that over time, like more and more people would start watching this web series. And as the show grew in popularity, he would start devoting more money. The, the show would get a higher budget. They'd start buying, you know, Dwarven Forge, which we've talked about before in uh, our session yes, on, you know, what on you visuals. need to be a good DM on visuals. Uh, he would have these elaborate props. You know, people of, that watched the show would send stuff in. Eventually, the show became this production. And Matt was at the center of it as the DM. And he would just create this world and these char- these NPCs that are just memorable. Like, to anyone that knows the show, if I say, what does Victor do? You all will put on the same voice of the blacks- black powder maker that sells the black powder to Percy and blows off pieces of his hand oh, regularly. Gilmore. You know, if you if I say, you know... The, what does Gilmore sell? What does Gilmore sell, and what's he do? So that I think that's the main Matt Mercer effect. Yeah, is that he creates these very powerful characters. It's not even that. What it's is not, it? It's not that the characters are powerful. His voice acting yeah, is powerful. That's what I mean. Very memorable. Quirky vendor who sells black powder, that's not a powerful character. Matt's channeling of that character, that's powerful. Yeah. And I'm not. I don't mean like he can kill a dragon powerful. I mean... He's somebody that sticks His with performance you. Performance is powerful. Yes, exactly. Because again, even Gilmore, like flamboyant merchant, blah blah, whatever. Fine, Matt's Gilmore character, yes. like that's yeah. powerful. Yes. And what happens eventually, if you watch the show enough, and as the show grew in popularity, is people that are new to D and D would watch the show first because yes. they wanted to learn about D and D. They wanted to pick up on what D and D is, and then they would come to play a session. And not every DM is Matt Mercer. That's the Matt Mercer effect. We can't all do the voices. We don't all have the money for Dwarven Forge terrain. We don't all have painted minis for every scenario. We all don't have markers that say slowed, poisoned, which is his latest edition. And they're fucking beautiful. I, I love those. No, I most of them. us are fucking plebes or poor. Yes, we are normal Some working build Joes who build terrain or just literally still draw on grids. Yeah, right. So the Matt Mercer effect is that people come with an expectation that is flawed. Yes. There's there's this expectation that we are all, you know, ultra-powerful DMs that have all of this time, money, and ability to create these kind of things. And how do you stop that? How do you stop it? Yeah. How do you deal with it? How do you how do you overcome it? That's the whole question. It's it's this we've had this comparison before. It's like porn. You, you're 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 a man or a woman who's slower. You're a man, yeah, or a woman, or a woman who's never <laughs> who's never done stuff, and you're watching porn, and then when you get finally into it, you're like, wait, this isn't anything like the this is no, this is nothing like the simulations. This smells so much worse than this, I thought it this would. This is this is wetter than it <laughs> would be. Why is there so much sweat? Yeah, uh, it's the same thing. If I'm if I'm going in a situation, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm. I, uh, playing a video, oh, damn her play a video game and I'll, I watched it on Twitch over and over again and I finally get into the video game. If I've set up this crazy lofty expectation and I jump into it with that, I will be disappointed every time. Every time. So there's nothing There's nothing to be done except a cultural societal thing. It's like, all right, bros, calm the fuck down. Yeah. Because, you know, 
you, you, Chris Perkins with Acquisitions Incorporated, mm-hmm. or Matt Mercer with his, or even now, what's her fuck, uh, 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 Deborah Ann Wool, yeah, with her relics and whatever. She has a team. Matt Mercer has a has a team. Yeah, there's a team of dudes yeah. just off camera with yeah. a roll of gaffer tape ready to go when something breaks. Yeah, I don't have a team. No, I barely have my wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she doesn't help me with anything. She kind of just gives ideas every once in a while. She does. It's yeah. true. We'll be in the car. I'm like, what do you think about this? She's like, well, that's dumb. And that'll be the conversation. <laughs> I don't have a fucking team. I don't have Dwarven Forge money. So, as you or myself, as just a DM that does not have the Dwarven Forge money or the production crew. How do we overcome it? What do we do? What do we do to still be Session zero. effective DMs? Session zero, baby. Okay. You establish early on, this is who I am. This is what the game is. You set expectations. You set them. Not that you have to set them low. You just set them. You yes. say, I will do my best. I will do my best. However, my best is going to be, I have two voices I can do. I got two and I'm not going to use them. I've got, I've got lady and I've got gent. <laughs> I can, I can do. Oh, hello, sir. Yeah, exactly. Or, How are you or this you evening? Can do like, uh, I'm not going to, you, you Jamaican accent. Don't, yeah, you know? don't do it. Don't do it. Let's not offend <laughs> you anyone. Or your Australian accent. Like you yeah. got there, you could, you got, I got one. Or, or you used to do Scottish for dwarves, yeah, but you've Scottish, lost it. Yeah, Scottish irish like you could do something i got one i got one i got you you got your toolbox you don't have tw- 20 years of in, unique voice experience in the, in the voice acting experience in your the other part of the members effect it's not matt it's the people he plays with the pcs i was you was have my next point travis and sam and whatever i know you this have is, a this group is a, of voices this is a very critical role heavy, heavy episode of our show Sorry well it's like the matt Mercer effect, care. i know so, but yeah. it's, it's just maybe some people have no idea what we're talking about but he plays with fellow video game, television, commercial, animation, and movie voice actors. voice actors. Laura Bailey was in the movie with um, Kevin Costner. Mr. Brooks. Mr. Brooks. She was a flight attendant for two seconds. Travis Willingham and Liam O'Brien did a movie together, a live action you movie once upon a time. It was, it was not good. I, I love you both if you're listening. I know you're not. But if you ever listen to this way in the future when we become rich and famous, uh, it was a bad movie. You know that. But I respect that you did it because I could never do that. But like you look at... Sam, love Laura, Sam. love Laura, Liam, love Liam. You can't. They're performers. They're performers. Uh huh. They are. They are. So one hundred percent. If I sit down at a at a table with three other strangers in a DM, mm-hmm. no one will be that good. No, no one will be that good at acting. I actually acting. have acting experience in my life, yes. and I'm nowhere near that good. Yes, I, I've been playing D and D for almost twenty years. I don't do that. No, I do some voices for some characters, especially important. Ones. There might be a persona that comes with a character. Yes, but that level, yeah, you're moving your shoulders, behavior, yeah. you know, voice pattern, jawed, like slow blinks, but not facial expression. Yeah, exactly. I do love the dumb bimbo voice. That's one of my favorites because <laughs> it's like everybody just I know who this character is immediately. But. The, the, you have to establish early on and that's another part I recommend session zero and not that you have to waste 14 hours in this but mm-hmm. all of your players sit with each other and be like oh no I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do a voice for my character so everyone should set expectations though. yeah because if you walk in like I am prepared to do a voice for my character like, you, like you're, you're ready and everybody else is like Whoa, calm down dude <laughs> fine that's fine but I'm not gonna do that yeah I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put on a voice for my character or some people it even says in the book some people want to play with third-person descriptions of my character lassie does this yeah you don't say i do this mm-hmm. so i think everybody at the table has to establish at the jump this is the game we're playing so it's not even a matter of overcoming the effect it's bypassing it 
Yeah, it's it's you have to acknowledge it and go. That's we're gonna push that off the side. We the, all love you're at it. the fork in the road. To the left is the Matt Mercer way of doing it. To the right is the way we're gonna do it. And I'm not saying you sh- we all shouldn't have that as like hashtag goals. Of like, hashtag I goals. Would, I would love to put on more. I win the lottery. And... I would love to go ahead and quit my job. Focus on on my accents. Focus on my characters. Sure. Buy some Dwarven Forge material. Right. And put up a real great. I find the best time to practice voices is when you're alone in the car. I think the shower. Shower is mine. I don't like the water getting in my mouth. Why is the water going to turn your back? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but but no, because it, uh, it's always um, uh, just growing up singing uh, in choir and stuff. Uh, in the shower is a great place too because you hear yourself very well. It bounces off the walls very nicely, so you get a good echo. Yeah, but in the car, I can like scream and no one can hear me. <laughs> That's the other thing. <laughs> I'll find that I I be I'll be doing that. I'll just be yelling at the top of my lungs. Um, so obviously obviously goals. Especially even for players. I'm sure every player would like to be a little bit more involved in their character and performing a different way. Uh, n- n- there are definite people that w- don't give a shit about that kind of thing. I just said different. Yeah. Like performing in a different way. Whatever that is. Like everybody wants to improve something. I don't think anybody is truly content in all capacities. Don't look at me like that. You can't see his look, but it was it was it was it was Thor talking to whoever in Ragnarok. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? Um, I'm sure there's people out there that love just bringing the dice and rolling them and going home and calling it a day. So I think you just like everything else, you got to sit down. Nothing wrong with that. Episode zero, we go, guys, listen. <laughs> here's here's what I'm bringing to the table as a DM. What do you guys want to do as PCs? I'm actually bringing the table. You guys bring the snacks and we'll be fine. We don't have enough snacks in our campaigns. Before. I'm actually glad. I feel like it's a distraction. I, but I'm hungry. <laughs> so... Yeah, I much prefer eating beforehand. But I'm hungry. Bring you always bring food. I want snacks during the game. Girl Scout cookies. Well, one I, I have them. <gasps> I ordered some. Anyway, <laughs> so, so th- yeah, the point is you're not overcoming the effect. You are acknowledging it, setting it aside, whatever. If your player goes, no, 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 I want that. Yeah, sorry. You, you do it. You fucking DM. step on up. Yeah. Show us what you got. Yeah, give me your give me your best. Because every story I avoid the internet, but every story I've ever read about somebody trying to do what Matt does ends in disaster. RPG horror story. RPG horror story every time about how there's this crazy campaign and there's these these people with these voices and all this stuff and we all died you know five minutes in. Yeah, it, that comes. And Matt will tell you this. That comes from playing this game for a long, 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 time. long time. And only and again. I don't even do that. And I've been doing this game a long, long time. I, I'll give you a little bit. You know, my stone giants all just all kind of sound dumb. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, deep, gravelly, broken you syllables. You should hear my furbolgs. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the, that's the standard furbolg. Yes. Or osier. What? From Wheel of Time. Okay. <laughs> standard... Big doofus yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and like all my all my halflings and gnomes are all like very excited. All your gnomes have voices like this. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah, right. well, you can do some of them, yeah. but you don't do all of them. That's the point. Exactly. Maybe you know every race has their own voice. I would like to just caution everybody. Do not feel pressured to do the things you don't want to do. Exactly. d is supposed to be fun. Yeah. And if you're like... Fuck. If you're not having fun playing D&D, stop. Go somewhere else and play that's, with someone else. That's the line on the D&D subreddit. No D&D is better than bad D&D. Yes. Yeah. Unequivocally. Right. And this in, this that includes this. Yeah. So if you're if, if if everyone's having a voice and you don't want want any part of that and it ruins your time, go find another group. 
Yeah. There's plenty of people that are playing this game right now. I think last I saw, there's over 500,000 people that watch Critical Role live every Thursday. Ew, seriously? Yeah. Gross. Yeah. So there are plenty of people out there watching shows, playing the game. Go to your local game store. Find a game. There's always somebody playing if you're not happy in the group you're in. Good note. As usual. We didn't aim to learn or solve anything, but I feel like we offered some decent advice. Yes, just advice. Kind of, this advice. was an advice. This was section. an advice column. Dear Abby, make sure to subscribe and rate the show. <laughs> Wherever you found it. Abby her happy birthday? Who? Abby. It's her 30th birthday. Why would I do that? You had better. You have a connection. Where would I do that? Oh, I don't know anymore. That's a good point. Follow us on Twitter at RWD Podcast <laughs> and feel free to send us topics you want to hear about or your D&D rant at rwdpodcast at gmail.com. Don't look at me like that. I'm gonna, because you're fucking weird. Don't look at me like that. And we will see you next time. Until then.